So good morning again, and welcome back to a live congregation. As I mentioned, we're still live streaming. This morning, the title of my sermon is simply Unashamed. I told uh, Kate that her selection of music kind of slanted which way I wanted to go because she had a good message. So if this message sounds familiar, tell Kate. Anyway, the title is Unashamed. My text is from the book of Romans, chapter 1, verse 16. Now, this morning, I hope to explore this verse, that I might reveal its eternal meaning and value. And you know, in the past, I always have outlines, and in the absence of an outline, there's no handout, because we're not doing it that way yet. So I want you to keep in mind that I'm going to focus this message or this sermon on three things. The message, the power, and the ministry, which is revealed in Romans 1.16. For now, please pray with me in the spirit of Psalm 19.14, as I always do. So dear Lord, this morning, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen? Amen. You know, there are words and there are messages that are life-changing. For example, I do. is a life-changing statement. And those words are meant to seal what you hope is a lifelong relationship with the person that you love. I'm pregnant. Those are life-changing words because you are never the same once you become a parent. And then you learn that the agony of children leads to the glory of grandchildren. <laughs> I want a divorce. Is a life-changing message that two people are involved. But the children are also involved and family and friends are involved. Everybody's life changes. You're hired or you're fired. Can lead either to the thrill of victory or the agony of defeat. One message may allow you to buy a house, and the other message may allow you or demand that you sell your house. But there are many more messages and words that can change the life of an individual, of a family, of a community, or the entire nation. But every message that is ever given can only change a life in this life. But there is one message and only one that has been given in all of the history of the world that can change a life forever. That one message that if received and believed brings a transformation both in this life and the life to come. It is the only message that has an earthly effect and an eternal effect. It is the only message that can take you from death to life, from darkness to light, and from blindness to sight. And that is the message that we know as the gospel. It is true. And if it is true, it is the best news this world will ever hear. Because the gospel is the only solution to the world's greatest problems. It is the only cure for the world's greatest disease. It is the only bridge that can cross the only cure for everything. It is the world's greatest golf mender. It puts death a bridge between life and death. It is the X factor 
That was the spark that ignited the fire of Christianity that has now spread across the world. It has lasted 2,000 years and has changed the lives of over 2 billion people on this planet. So you would think that those people who believe this gospel and have received this gospel would want this gospel to achieve a worldwide audience. You would think that a gospel-changed life would be eager to share that gospel with anyone who would be willing to listen as eagerly as someone would share a cure for every cancer. And yet every statistic that I've ever read says that the vast majority of people who believe in the gospel rarely, if ever, share it. And rarely, if ever, lead anyone else to believe the gospel. And so it begs the question, why would we ever be ashamed of the gospel? And so that is the question that a man by the name of Paul, whose life was personally radically and eternally changed by the gospel, addresses in Romans 1.16. Romans 1.16 states, For I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew, then to the Gentile. You know, it is shocking that Paul would even say he was not ashamed of the gospel. Because if what he is about to say about the gospel is true, why would anybody be ashamed of the gospel? But let's get honest with each other. We have all been, apparently, ashamed of the gospel from time to time. In fact, we are living in a day in which we seem to be ashamed of things that are right and unashamed of things that are wrong. We seem to be unashamed of pornography on the screen, unashamed of profanity in the streets, unashamed of perversity in government. And on the other hand, we seem to be ashamed to stand for sexual morality, moral purity, and personal integrity. Tolerance has pinned the truth to the mat and compromise has shut the mouth of conviction. We are in a day now where we would rather offend God and fear the culture than offend the culture and fear God. And I believe that in the 21st century, more than ever, that there is one thing we should never be ashamed of in private conversation or public discourse, in preaching to the choir or proclaiming to the culture, in God's house or the courthouse, in the halls of the church or the halls of government, and that is the message that brings salvation to everyone who believes. And there are three things that the gospel always brings to the table in which we should never be ashamed. First, consider that we should be unashamed of the message of the gospel. And Paul begins by saying in Romans 1.16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel. We need to be sure that we understand what it is that we're not to be ashamed of. I don't think that there is a word in the English language that is so little understood. You know, the word gospel, what does it mean? It's actually the first reason we should never be ashamed because the meaning of the word gospel literally is good news. It's a good story. It's a story of good news. 
Now, why would anyone be ashamed of good news? Why would we hesitate? Why would we equivocate when it comes to sharing the good news, which is really the best news for anyone will ever hear? You can understand why we would hesitate to share bad news. No military officer wants to share the bad news that a son or a daughter has been killed in action. No police officer wants to share with a parent that a son or daughter has been arrested for drugs. No doctor relishes the patient, relishes telling the patient that the tumor is inoperable. The gospel is not about bad news. It is about good news. If the baby is healthy, the father is not hesitant to share news. When the tumor is benign, the doctor is not afraid to tell a patient he's going to live. When the sun is going to shine, the wither person is not afraid to make his prediction. When interest rates are going down and the stock market is going up, the stockbrokers are not afraid to talk about the economy. Why? Why would anyone be ashamed of the gospel? Well, if you go back 2,000 years, there are two words that might explain the tendency to be ashamed, and they're still true today. And those two words are Christ and cross. Think about it. The gospel is about a poor Jewish man who was crucified as a common criminal. And Paul is going to Rome, the capital city of the most powerful nation on earth. And so Paul is going to talk to elite Roman soldiers, intellectual military commanders, powerful politicians, and even an emperor who is worshipped as God himself going to talk to them about a man who neither had any political power or a political position. And to add insult to injury, a crucified Jew at that. You know, in polite society, you didn't even talk about the cross and crucifixion. And you want to go to them and talk to them about a lowly Jewish man who died the most gruesome, shameful death of the vilest criminal you could imagine? And beyond that... You've got to tell them that it's not a fairy tale, that it isn't just a story somebody made up, but it is actually historically true. Now, if you understand the implications of those two words, if Christ is who he said he was, and if on the cross he did what he said he did, then not only is he the crucified son of God, but he is the only way to God because he is God. And then from that day to this day, that is the message that much of the world does not want to hear. If you share that message, understand, as Paul said, you will be crucified to the world and the world will be crucified to you. Listen, the reason why Paul was not ashamed of the gospel and its message is because he was not ashamed of the gospel master. You know, there was a man who went to prison early in life for some unbelievably terrible things that he had done. And he served a fairly long sentence. But while he was in prison, someone shared the message of the gospel with him and he was, became born again and gave his life to Christ and even experienced a call to ministry. He went online and got a degree in Bible 
Further online, got a seminary degree in theology. And after prison, he was called to a small community church. He decided it would be best if he just didn't share with anyone his past, and he thought he could keep it hidden. It so happened. There was someone in the community that recognized his name, knew what he had done, and wrote him a letter because some of this man's family had been hurt by this pastor. The man wrote, If you don't resign from your church this Sunday, I'm going to stand up and I'm going to reveal everything you are and everything you have done and expose you to the entire church. Sunday came. And the pastor got up and immediately told the church about this letter. And he confessed his past and everything he had done to deserve prison. And with tears coming down his cheek, he said, I am ashamed of everything I have done to Jesus. But I am not ashamed of what Jesus has done for me. And I'm going to continue to preach that gospel. And so we too should be unashamed of the message of the gospel. Secondly, we should be unashamed of the might that is the power of the gospel. The verse continues, Romans 1.16. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God. And so except for Jesus himself, nothing else in all of the Bible is ever described as the power of God. The power of God in its highest and greatest intensity is found inside the gospel. The word power would have caught the attention of the Romans. The one thing that Rome understood was power. And at that time, the Roman Empire was the only superpower in the world, and yet Paul was willing to go into the belly of the beast. He was willing to walk into the highest echelons of the greatest power known in the world and say, you may have the power to conquer people. You may have the power to enslave people. But only the gospel has the power to change people. Listen, there is no greater power than the gospel because there is no power greater than God and the gospel is the power of God. And today we live in a world that believes the greatest power that has ever been discovered is nuclear power. I was reading about the most powerful bomb that has been exploded in history. The Russians on October 30th, 1961, detonated a bomb known as Tarzomba, Tarzbamba, otherwise known as Soviet RDS-220. It weighed 60,000 pounds. When exploded, it was visible from 620 miles away. Its cloud went 40 miles high, seven times the height of Mount Everest. It released the power equivalent to 50 megatons of TNT. And that is 1,570 times the combined power of the bombs, atomic bombs that were dropped on Hiroshima and Nagasaki. It was 10 times the power of all the conventional bombs dropped in World War II. You see, they and man may have the power to instantly blow the hearts out of a million people and bring instant death, but the gospel has the power to blow the sin out of the hearts of the entire world and bring eternal life. Even, 
Even a sovereign, omnipotent, almighty God cannot save anyone apart from the gospel. It alone has the power to bring healing where there is hurt, heaven where there is hell, happiness where there is heartache, peace where there is perplexity, joy where there is judgment, mercy where there is misery, and grace where there is guilt. No other religion of the world has its message. You know, they're all the same. They will tell you what you have to do, what you have to accomplish, and where you have to go. And then in the end, they will tell you it's up to you to get there. It's up to you to make it. It's up to you to accomplish it. The Bible not only tells you to fly, the gospel not only tells you to fly, but it tells you it's giving you wings. It not only tells you to jump, it gives you legs. It not only tells you to walk, it gives you feet. The gospel has the power to do for us what needs to be done for us. And only the gospel has the power of God to do with us what needs to be done with us. The church is not the power of God. Religion is not the power of God. Work is not the power of God. Only the gospel is the power of God. What is this power that separates the Christian faith from any other religion? Gospel is not good advice on what to do to obtain salvation. It is God's power that enables us to receive salvation. You know, Dr. William, Dr. Billy Graham once was right when he said, I would not cross the street to talk to somebody about religion, but I will cross the world to talk to somebody about the gospel. You know, we should be unashamed of the might of the gospel. Lastly, third, consider that we should be unashamed of the ministry of the gospel. So Paul goes on to say in Romans 1.16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings, brings salvation. Nobody who has ever lived has ever had a different problem We're all messed up people that live in a messed up world. We're all mistaken in the past. We all live with failures in the present. And we all face the uncertainty of the future. Everywhere you look, there is guilt, grief, and gloom. You know, we're like the swimmer in the middle of an ocean clinging to a raft. We're like a prisoner on death road facing execution. We're like an astronaut entering into the atmosphere, but his heat shield is gone. We all need salvation, healing for our past, help for our present, and we need hope for the future. So you tell me, can you think of anything more important than salvation? If we die rich, famous, popular, old, and powerful, what good is it if you don't die saved? That is why there is nothing sweeter, nothing better, and nothing greater than the gospel. Hollywood can make you famous. Wall Street can make you rich. Washington can make you powerful. A university can make you smart. A hospital can make you well. But only the gospel can save you. Name it and claim it? No. The gospel will not necessarily give you financially more. And the gospel may not necessarily make you physically better, but the gospel will make you 
eternally different. You know, when the United States hockey team beat the Russians in the Olympics in 1980, Al Michaels, the captain, famously said, do you believe in miracles? Well, as great as that win was, it wasn't a miracle. It was just a win. And I do believe in miracles because the greatest miracle the world has ever seen is still taking place today, and that is salvation. And that is why the gospel is the greatest power in the world, because it takes the greatest power to perform the greatest miracles. To part a Red Sea, all God had to do was point his finger. To make something out of nothing, all God had to do was open his mouth and say the word. To go from complete darkness to total light, all God had to do, flip a switch. But in order to bring about salvation, God had to send his son to brutally die on the cross and come back from the dead and rise so that we could have the power of God and the gospel unto salvation. And that is why at any given moment there is nothing more important going on in the world than wherever and whenever and to whomever the gospel is being preached. And the best news of all is that this salvation is available to all who believe. Again, Romans 1.16 states, For I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone, everyone who believes, first to the Jew, then to the Gentile. The gospel is for everyone, everybody. Look at it this way. If the gospel is not for everybody, it is not for anybody. It is for everybody because everybody can believe and nobody can behave themselves into salvation. But everybody can believe themselves into salvation. The word believe is not talking about the head, but the heart. Belief is more than an intellectual assent to a proposition. It is volitional surrender to a person. We're not saved by simply believing in the plan of salvation. We're saved by surrendering to the man of salvation. Full faith is saving faith when it becomes surrendered faith. That is what makes the gospel so wonderful. See, the world says, work, try, do, and you might obtain salvation. But the gospel says, believe, and you will receive salvation. Pastor Bob Russell told the story while preaching in a church in California about how a Jewish man had become a Christian in an unbelievable way. See, this Jewish man had gone to a seminar to hear the motivational speaker, Zig Ziglar. He was so excited to hear his hero that he got up the courage to go up to him and meet him personally. And as he came back to some friends that he was with, he said, Zig Ziglar really likes me. They said, well, how do you think that? He said, he invited me up to his room. They said, what do you mean? He said, he gave me his card and wrote down RM116. He's in room 116. His friend, who was a Christian, said, that is not his room number. 
That's a Bible verse. It's Romans 1.16. The Jewish man went back to his hotel room, got a Gideon Bible and looked up Romans 1.16 and read it. He read, first to the Jew. He said to himself, I'm a Jew. He read the New Testament completely through twice. And on the second go-around, he said, this is the best news I have ever heard. And he gave his life to Jesus. You know, I think that there's only one way anybody should die, live. I want to live and die unashamed and unafraid. I want to live unashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, and I want to die unafraid of death. I want to look death and the grave right in the eye and say, death, you have no sting. Grave, you have no victory. You know, we can all die that way because of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Well, service is over. Go and share the gospel. Be unashamed. Share salvation with all in order that some might receive it. Share in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, for here we worship the one true God. Amen? Amen.